Yo MTG Taps is proudly sponsored by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day. Use promo code YO5 to get 5% off your next order. Welcome back to Yo MTG Taps. I'm Big Head Joe. And I'm Joey Pasco. And we've got an awesome show this week. I have been dying to record for like a week. Yeah. I've been like I've been like, we should record now. And I'm like, just wait, just wait. Bro. We got a schedule. Let's stick to it. Yeah, it but feels like it's been forever. Like you and I have been talking, obviously, between right. uh, bet- since last episode. But we've also like tried to save things for the podcast and it just feels like it's been forever because so much feels like it's happened since our last episode. Um, really? Truly. And I mean, it's just, it falls into two main categories. Um, one being the mythic invitational and the other being war of the spark previews. So yeah, that's going to be the episode this week for you folks. Uh, we've got war of the spark and mythic invitational um you want to start to talk too much about the mythic invitational honestly because at this point it's like way in the rear view yeah it really feels like it but we should at least touch on it um of course let's just let's just go chronologically then and and start with that um you know how um like if you i mean i know you're in school right now so you have even more recent frame of reference for this sort of thing i'm at home i'm on my bed okay well you know what i mean uh, yes. you have been in school more recently than I have. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, you, you get like a paperback or some sort of project and you get like an A or like a B plus and you're like, I don't get B pluses, man. I get okay, A's. fine. You get an A and you're uh-huh. like, why yeah. wasn't it an A plus? What did I do wrong? And I think the thing about the Mythic Invitational, it's an A or a B plus, but I'm going to tell you what I think they did wrong. <laughs> right. No, look, and I am the worst about this. My girlfriend, I drive her crazy. I'm like, I can't believe I got a 96 on that test. She's like, are you seriously <laughs> complaining about a high A? I'm like, yeah, but what did I get wrong and why did I get it wrong? Like, I'm like, yeah, I can't. I don't settle. I can't settle for it. Like, I like took a test. I got like a 88. I had to like repeatedly convince myself to not retake it. I'm like, an 88 is fine. All yeah. your other grades were like 96s. It's going to average out to an A. Just let it go. <laughs> right, right. So, yes. Yeah, so I'm the worst at that. But anyway, so, so you know what I mean. It's kind of like I do totally. 100%. It's like you focus on the negative, but you're. But overall, like I think the Mythic Invitational was was really well done, especially the coverage aspect. There were some hiccups at the start with audio, and I think there was uh, some kind of there at a convention hall. There yeah. are other loud things happening around, and that audio was getting into the broadcast and you could see like Paul Cheon and uh, Alias V were sort of noticeably affected by either that or the combination of that and their microphones feeding back or something like it sounded like maybe one of their microphones wasn't on. I don't know. They had some audio issues. We don't need to really go into it, but it seemed like a little rocky start. And um, 
And I'm like, oh, no, this sucks. Like, this is supposed to be this big thing. And you've got all these people tuning in and and, you know, people can't hear what the commentators are saying. And you've got like this loud thing in the background. So uh, but they seem to have fixed it within, I think, the first hour. So uh, right by the time I tuned in. Um, all the, I, I saw all these complaints on Twitter, which is actually what got me to, to pop the thing on to begin with. By the time I got to it, I was like, audio sounds fine, y'all. What are you talking about, you know? Yeah, and uh, it was like, you know, a speed bump at the beginning, but really uh, they, they, they picked it up after that. And it was really, really well done. Um, if you didn't see it, just go watch. Arena is spectacular for this kind of thing. The games were were fast, and there were, uh, you know, you didn't have to wait for players to shuffle, like all that kind of thing. It was just yeah. so much uh, more of an enjoyable experience as a viewer than having to wait as the commentators fill time, or they play an ad and say, you know, we'll be back in in two minutes while we wait for them to sideboard things like that. So uh, it, it was awesome, and I really hope to see more. I I know we will see more, and I can't wait to see what they what they end up doing now. Um, what, did you have uh, a similar similar reaction or similar impression of it? I mean, generally, I loved it. I only got to watch the Thursday because I had to work all weekend, so it was just not happening watching it. But like, I was off on. I'm always off on Thursday, so I watched on Thursday um, for a good chunk of the day, and I thought that it was really well presented. Um, I loved. The freaking player intros, like <laughs> they were very like WWE style. Yes, kind of thing. I, yeah. I, I, I hope that like in the future people will, you know, be aware that they're going to be introduced like that and pick their own entrance music and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. I, I do feel like there's more that could be done with entrances. Like build on that. That's yeah. good stuff. Build on that. Give players entrances and let them customize them a bit. I think you know. I think that's just a good thing. I mean, it builds personalities. It's literally how they build personalities in WWE. You know, yeah. They give someone an entrance. They give them a a, a video package. They give them an entrance song. They come out. They do their little thing that they do when they come out, and it's great. You right. know, um, and I think that you can build on that. Um, uh, the one thing I thought was weird, and I think you thought so too was the way that the video was oriented. Yeah. Um, because like, um, it was, it looked like you are the player on the bottom of the screen. Right. You're playing against the player at the top of the screen. Now it did show you their hand, which was good, mm-hmm. but I really felt like it kind of skewed you towards favoring the person on the bottom of the screen. Right. You felt like felt that's like the protagonist. Yeah. Right. Right. Like because of that that perspective and that that point of view, it did feel like you were just kind of favoring the bottom player. Um, I will say the other thing. Let let me just say this. If I remember correctly, I feel like the life totals were at the top of the screen and were split like they were like like the like the thing was flipped sideways. So, So they were on the left and the right instead of top and bottom. 
Right, where I feel like they should have actually had those associated with wherever they were going to be, you know, like, so I got a little confused at times going, which player is that? Like when I didn't recognize the players or know the players very well, and I'm not too up on the MPL players other than some of the obvious people, right? you know, Um, I guess I can say guys for the MPL because it's literally all men, Um, but uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, yeah. I felt like it should have been a little more obvious whose life total and name was the bottom player and who was the top player. But yeah, anyway. and I agree. Like, I think they, I would like to see them figure out a way to basically provide a different interface, or I guess, it, I don't know if you call it an interface if we as viewers aren't interacting with it, but some sort of different presentation for the screen that makes it feel less like you are the bottom player, like you are one of the players and they get to choose who it is because, I don't know, they flipped a coin and the player at the bottom, you know, got that spot. So um, it doesn't really matter. But I mean, from a viewing perspective, it feels more balanced when it's oriented left and right instead of top and bottom. Um, I thought it was an interesting solution. Uh, I don't think I noticed it at first, but after a little bit of watching and to be fair, I was listening to most of the first hour because I was driving to work. I just had it streaming right. on Twitch on my phone. So right. uh, that was the reason or part of the reason the audio issue stood out to me <laughs> so much because that was where I was. Uh, that was what I was getting most of. Um, so uh, once I started watching and I saw, OK, that you can see the other player's hand. All it really was was like a section of the screen that just clipped out the bottom part of that of the top player's screen right. that included their hand and just displaying that. It wasn't some sort of fancy new design. It was just like, okay, this section of the window is going to show the bottom of uh, of the screen for player, player A or whatever you want to call it. Um, so I was like, well, that's a solution to show their hand. I, I, I guess I like that, but I really would like to see like a, a – a screen designed specifically for viewing as opposed to using the screen that's already designed for playing and, uh, and just kind of making us sit in one player's seat. Um, I don't feel like that's, I, I don't know how complicated that is. I, I don't know. You would, yeah, there, this, there may know. be a lot to it, but right now it still was awesome. I, it's just really like a nitpick. Um, yeah. but really, really awesome. Um, you know, so, I just want to say again, I, I think I've kind of made this point already a little bit, but it's a really bad look that there are no women in the MPL, you know, like yeah. at all. Like that's just very weird. And, you know, they didn't pick the the MPL from like a strict list, did they? I mean, they didn't really pick from like a very strict like ranking, right? Yeah, I don't it, I don't know how it was determined. Um, well, regardless. Yeah. Um it's a bad look. And like when the only women in your tournament are the ones that you've invited, you know, it's just kind of like, come on y'all like, you know, and, and seeing how excited people were for the women in, in the, uh, in the mythic invitational just shows, you know, how important representation is, you know? Absolutely. And I think that like, um, you know, well, there's at least one free spot in the MPL now, right? Um, uh, we don't even know what's going on with that particular uh, slot, yeah. but um, I haven't heard anything that it's officially gone. And if you haven't heard uh, or if you didn't hear, uh, Owen Turtenwald, one of the members of the MPL, 
Suddenly, the day before the event, it was announced he would not be competing in the event, and Brian David Marshall would take his place, uh, which was great for Brian David Marshall. Like, BDM, we love you. We love seeing you back at, an, at another Magic event. Uh, the question is, what's wrong? What happened to Owen? And, of course, once it seemed like the uh, the first kind of, is something wrong? Did Owen get hurt? Is somebody in his family hurt, sick? Did something bad happen to Owen? Once that, that seemed to be kind of ruled out fairly quickly. And then right. it became, okay, what's the deal here? And I, right. we don't have any information. And I don't look, and this is all I'm going to say. I don't want to say anything that could potentially get us in trouble, but I will say that I believe women and I believe survivors and I'm going to leave it at that. Um, so, um, so, but yeah, so anyway, we don't know if uh, there's actually a, a vacant spot in the MPL, um, especially given the um, the nature of the uh, suggested reason why uh, Owen is no longer there. I think that this is a very good opportunity uh, to add a woman to the MPL. Absolutely. Um, and so uh, think about it. Think about it, Wizards. It's, it's probably probably a good look for y'all to uh, to do that. Yeah. So anyway, um, I want to congratulate. I'm going to slaughter his name. You say his name. You've been to Italy. Say his name. <laughs> Andrea Mangucci, uh, the there winner of the Mythic Invitational, the first ever Mythic Invitational champion, um, basically won enough to apparently buy vintage cards because I think that's what he said he was going to do with the money. That's great. <laughs> uh uh, yeah, that is great. So congratulations to him. Um, the decks he he brought were Esper and Mono White. And I know we didn't really touch on this at all yet today. We, we didn't. Um, the format was Duo Standard, which was a big question mark um, because it's never been a format before. And I don't think that went over very well. Um, it was a little frustrating to just watch these, essentially a whole bunch of game ones. Um, and you're like, right. well, if they had sideboards this would be a completely different matchup, but yeah, like this is just, it's a terrible game one matchup for one of the decks. And so this is not, <laughs> this isn't hot, very fun. The real hot tech uh, from that restriction was the Esper deck running the masterminds acquisition. That was, yeah. And that was something that was, that was really, um, really cool to see that card seeing play uh, people being able to just go to their sideboards and get some sort of bullet that was going to hopefully swing the matchup um, in their favor, and I, I really like that. Um, like a life, like like a life gain card or something, right? Yeah, I mean that that's something that you could use. You can search um, for a life gain card so you can win if time runs out. Yeah, that's another interesting thing. So we did have that in our notes here. One of the more dramatic moments happened on day one, or at least early in the tournament. Um, Jerry Thompson is on camera, I believe, against. Uh, was it Wyatt Darby? Um, and they go to game three and then time runs out. And so in this tournament, apparently this goes, the, the rules for this particular tournament, it's a sudden death rule. It's not, oh, it's a draw. There are no draws. Somebody has to win. And so the way they determine the winner uh, is, is who's got the highest life total. And so at the end of game three, Jerry lost even though he was very likely, he was in much more of a stronger position in the match or in the game, uh, but he lost because life total was the way they decided to to make the uh, 
make the decision there. Um, I Life think total's been the the has been the standard for things like this for a long time, and yes. it shouldn't be. Yeah, it so that's that's something that was brought to my attention. Uh, I wasn't aware of this, but this is something like that they use for uh, the grand prix trials. That it's the same sudden death rule. Like you can't have a draw. In uh, I don't know if it's just the top eight, um, but they are they are timed. So when time runs out, uh, you you get I think the normal five turns, right? And then it's who's got the highest life total. So anybody who's played Magic for any you know reasonable length of time, I don't know, a couple of games, um, <laughs> maybe a couple of days, a couple of weeks. I don't know how long it would take you to realize. Um, maybe if you just play Arena and it's your first game ever, and the little pop up comes up that says your life total is a resource. Winning at one life is the same as winning at 20 life. Use your, you know, you can use it as a resource. Anybody who who saw that or plays Magic knows that your life total is not indicative of whether or not you're winning the game. Uh, and so that's extremely frustrating. And I think I'm hoping that the fact that this happened at such a large event uh, to such a popular player in front of everybody uh, that maybe this gets looked at again because I kind of feel like most players aren't really aware of this and, um, you know, maybe, I don't know if it's nearly as big of an issue as LSV mulligans to four in the finals of the Pro Tour kind of thing and then they go on and make a new mulligan rule. Um, but hopefully it has some effect on how they decide these kinds of games. Um, there There needs to be some kind of way to decide a winner but you may as well flip a coin at that point. And I think I'd prefer that to who's got the higher life total because at least that's random. This is just arbitrary. <laughs> like This is right. like, oh, I'm going to use my life total. Well, you know, random, I mean, that, flipping a coin or whatever is actually, you know, against the rules and can actually get you in a lot of trouble. Well, that's what I'm saying. They changed the rule to make that <laughs> make that the way to decide sudden death, death games. Now that particular way is not against the rules. And maybe no, the they, judge, maybe a judge flips a coin. I'm just saying. Only, like, right. No, sure. But the only problem with that is that like if that is at a higher and I get you and I and I agree to a, an extent. But if that gets kind of passed down. Yeah. To like uh, to like F and M a player even saying you want to flip a coin for a win. Like if your opponent says that to you, if your opponent says you want to flip a coin to see who wins, you can actually, if your hand doesn't immediately go up and call for a judge um, to get that person uh, kicked out of the tournament, because that's what will happen. uh, You actually could get kicked out of the tournament. You're complicit in the the situation. Yeah. And and, and that's, and so, so that's the problem with that. Um, that but I, I'm going to say, like, so the two decks, you know, the two, I think the two most represented decks in this in the uh, tournament were Esper and Mono White, right? And um, those were the decks that Manguchi won with, or, or they were. But I know Esper was the most represented deck, and I think yeah. Mono White was definitely the second or top three that uh, in terms right. of like the like representation in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've been the Mono White player playing against the Esper player and I've been at almost 40 life and conceded, you know, like, yeah, so I'm like, Oh, I, I can't win this game. Like, right. and I'm at 40 life. That doesn't mean anything, but also, man, I kind of wish that, uh, I, I could just run out of clock and then just get the life total win. Cause I would win a lot of games against Esper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, oh, that, I exactly. Have the highest life total. It's like- so much. Aggro decks have the advantage early in best of one and uh, (laughs) 
and why not give them the advantage late too? <laughs> like, right? Like, oh, they've got you know a Teferi emblem, another Teferi on board, but uh, they have they're at three, and you're at twenty or eighteen or something. You win. Yeah, so it's just ridiculous. It just seems right. terrible. So but moving you know on what? from that's that, that's also yeah. the Esper deck's fault for not having any way to finish a game except for maybe my, my opponent will concede. A win um, condition is a win condition. There is no win, <laughs> but there is no win condition. In. Oh. That's why I hate the Esper control deck. I want to say this right now. I'm going to just okay. get right into this. Okay. I've been playing, so I've been trying to just to play different decks, and I was like, let me build Esper control. I hate that deck so much. It is the dumbest deck I've ever played in my life. So. It's like it's like a control deck, only it doesn't have like you know that much card draw, or counter spells, or mana sinks, or win condition. It's like nothing. There's nothing in this deck. It's like sixty cards that do nothing. Like I don't know. I, I played a couple games with it. It drove me so crazy. I'm like, so what am I supposed to do? Just hope my opponent concedes. That's how you win. This is dumb. Like I mean, that's why the Kaya thing's pretty cool. But then what? You run one? That's dumb. So I was first. I was like, I'm gonna run more of these Kayas, and that actually wasn't that bad. I ran like three Kayas because I was like, you know what? I don't want to have just one win condition, and then they deal with it, and I have no other way to win the game, other than just sit here and hope maybe they go, oh, I can't win, and I'll concede. So I switched to. Um, I can never remember. I can't remember the names of the wedges anymore, like at all. <laughs> um, what's the red, white, and blue one? America Jess, Control. Jess guy. Oh, Jess guy. Yes. Um, so I switched to Jeskai because it runs uh, four Niv-Mizzets, right? Um, it runs Expansion Explosion, two of, you know, uh, ways to actually win the game. And I've had so much more fun with that because I can just, like, play my – oh, and you know what the best thing was the other day? I was playing against Mono Blue. And I got them to scoop because I used Dive Down. How about that? <laughs> they were like, I love I'm it. just going to – I'm just – I forget what they tried to do. They tried to do something to my uh, to my <laughs> Niv-Mizzet. And I was like, Dive Down. And they blew up. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Get some. I was like, yeah. So anyway, I'm having I a like lot it. more fun with that. I've been wanting to play something like a control deck. I haven't really – I don't know something about that mono red. I just can't. I can't make it work on uh, on arena at all. I don't know. Um, and then the mono white's okay, but then you get to a point where you just really can't get anywhere with it. Um, so I just really wanted to try. And I wanted to try a control deck, you know. And I, like we said before, that's the cool thing about arenas. You've got all these cards that you basically didn't even realize you had until you go to build a deck. You're like, oh, I'm only a few cards away from building this deck, you know. Um, so I wanted to build something, and I always try to build – so I've been trying to build, like, Arclight Phoenix decks or something along those lines, and every time I wind up cutting Arclight Phoenix because I think Arclight Phoenix is the worst card in standard. I hate it. I think it's so dumb. It's like, <laughs> I cast eight spells to get a 3-2, and now it got Vraska's Contempted. Uh, what now? Like, it's like, okay, you played, like, eight spells that really did nothing. I don't know. I'm not into it at all. I think our Lake Phoenix is terrible in standard. You shouldn't be playing it in standard. Uh, all of the decks that run Arclight Phoenix would actually be better if you just cut the stupid Arclight Phoenixes and put something good in. <laughs> but anyway, um, so that's all I wanted to say about Esper Control. I hate it. I don't want to play it. Um, I don't mind playing against it because, like I said, they do nothing, and I have proactive ways to win the game. So I don't actually feel bad about playing against Esper Control. Um 
I mean, you know, the win condition is really it's a it's a mill deck, right? If it doesn't kill with Kaya, if you don't control the game, uh, or if you don't have a Kaya on the battlefield and then take control of the game and then just let her uh, keep ticking up and then kill them, um, you just mill them out and you protect yourself from milling with Teferi. So yeah, in well, a lot of cases, they're that. going to see okay, they've got control of the game and all. I'm I'm not going to be able to win, so I'll concede. But it's kind of like I can just sit well, here and tuck Teferi right. until you mill out. So just sit there. Or I could play Magic, you know? Sure. I, I understand. I understand. I'd much rather play Magic. Um, you want to mill people people quicker. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> I don't want to play 60 turns or, I don't, you know, I don't want to play, like, 53 turns of Magic or whatever. That's not cool. Like, <laughs> I, I, that's dumb. Like, I'd rather get it done in 20 turns. It gives me more games I can play, and I can actually go up go up the ladder. I, I understand. Eight hours to feel smart and have not gained anything. You know what I mean? Like, I definitely understand. It's, it's, uh, it's just not. Yeah, no, no, not into it. But I, I really just, I don't know. Like, I was just like, "Where's the X spell, man?" Like, I was, I was like, "Where's the X spell? This deck doesn't have anything in it." You know, where's the card draw? Oh, I got a couple chemistries in. So- no, no, that's not. I got like three counter spells. That's not a control deck. You know, I don't know. I'm just like, no. No, not feeling it. So four absorb, couple of copies of negate, possibly syncopate. So there's like six to seven counter spells. This doesn't feel right. I don't know okay. something about it. I'm not going to try to convince you if you're not enjoying it. You're not enjoying it. But that's the the gist of it. Is you know. Although you get, there are a couple, there are a couple cards in this set that make me go. You know, maybe go with like blue white or something else. Um, but we can get into that in a minute yeah. here. But there's, there's some stuff in here that makes me feel like you could make it a little more proactive. Um, but uh, yeah, well, let's. Why don't we talk about that? Because I yeah. like I like spoilers. Do you like spoilers? I like spoilers. Yeah. I like war. I like yeah, sparking joy. Yes, this, this, this... set sparks joy. <laughs> so uh, we had Sunday morning. Of the uh, of the Mythic Invitational, they had their War of the Spark panel. They debuted the trailer, which was apparently awesome to watch live because they could hear the audio. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they had some some audio issues at the beginning of the panel, and they showed the trailer, and nobody could hear it. So if you tuned in, like we told you to, and like everybody you know in Magic was probably doing. Uh, we apologize <laughs> that <laughs> you didn't tune in like 10 minutes later when the audio actually started uh, <laughs> kicking in. And then it was like, we're going to show you a card. You want to see a card? Yeah. Okay. Here's the, ca-. and it's like, it flashes on the screen and then the, the, uh, <laughs> this feed drops, the feed goes dead and I'm going, what was the card? What was the card? And it comes back up and they're like, what did you all think? And I was like in my kitchen, like uh, unbelievable. This is unbelievable. So I I heard that it was something on Twitch's end, and nothing that that Wizards could have done about it. But um, I don't I don't know. It just sucks. The panel that, wasn't on April first. No, it wasn't on April first. Uh, that would it, have been a good joke. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna show you the cards, but we're not gonna let you hear anything we say. Um, which may have been fine. I just as long as I can read the cards. Um, it was just one of those things where you're looking forward to something so much and then you turn it on and that's how it starts and it's just frustrating. But again, they get past it. We all have seen the trailer by now. If you haven't, look it up on YouTube. It was like trending on, on YouTube. Um, it's People are pretty uh, excited about this trailer. 
it didn't hit me as hard as apparently it hit a lot of people. I was like, oh, this is cool, you know, neat. Uh, a lot of people were crying um, or just so incredibly impressed with it. And um, I mean, it was impressive. I don't mean to say it wasn't. It just didn't hit me as anything like incredible uh, the way it hit some other people. But I think a lot of people like, – and that's and – that's, oh, man. I was going to say it's probably just because a lot of people are more into the storyline than you are. And I was like, Wow. Really? Like, uh, is this going to turn into another rant about how they should bring the novels back? But um, <laughs> Well, there is going to be a War of the Spark novel coming in a couple weeks. Good! So, uh, really? And it's apparently written by someone who wrote for, uh, I think, Young Justice uh, cartoon, cool. I think. Uh, Mike posted about it, and now I already can't remember the specifics of it. But I'm like, okay, if Mike is saying this writer is good, uh, I- I'll check this out. And we actually had a little discussion on Twitter about it because he was like, I thought you already were into the story. And I was like, I was into the storyline until like a a chapter or, you know, 50 pages into the Zendikar book. And I was like, this is awful. Greg Weissman. Yeah. So I I don't I don't recognize that name, but that's the the writer of the of the book for War of the Spark. But no, I had been into the storyline when there were novels, Uh, when the Zendikar novel came out, I tried to read it. I felt like. It was just boring me, and I had already not liked the previous novel, which I think was Alara Reborn, right? That that makes sense. Uh, yeah, that would have been spring 2009, the, the Alara um, block novel, because I think they were, at that point, not releasing novels per set. They were releasing them right. per block. But it just had not been, even the Time Spiral block, which I love the sets, I kind of felt like the novels were lackluster. And then it was like like Lorwyn block. I think I just it just all started getting bad, and I tried to hang in there, and then I just stopped. And so that's ten years ago, and so I haven't really paid much attention to the story. Um, so yeah, maybe people who are more invested in the storyline got a lot more out of that trailer than I did. It would make sense, um, but it was very cool. Liliana uh, kind of having a, a moment with Nico Bolas. Um, and it looks like she may be in some trouble. Um, it also looks like the planeswalker Dak Faden was just red shirt killed. You know, <laughs> he was just like some dude, like ra- we need a random planeswalker to just get killed. You know, it gets stabbed in the back, uh, real quick. And I mean, I think a lot of people might not have even known who that was. He, uh, he's a character that was, um, well, the Planeswalker card is played in Vintage, I know, um, but I don't remember what set it was in now. Uh, now, of course, I can't try to bring it up in my browser. Um, either way, it's, it, I think it was in one of those Commander sets um, that they're legal in, in like Vintage and Legacy. Conspiracy. He was originally printed in Conspiracy, I think. Uh, yes, anyway, yes. Um, looks like he's dead, at least in the trailer, unless... You know, we're going to find out that was a dream. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but it was pretty cool. Uh, a lot, lot of, of stuff got it. reversed in that trailer. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's true. There was kind of like a rewindy thing happening. And so yeah. uh, it's not totally clear what happened. But what, what it looks like is Liliana fighting back against Nico Bolas. And somehow uh, it looks like she's being somehow disintegrated. Like her hands are kind of falling apart. And that's yeah. how the trailer ends. Um should we start talking about some cards now? Yeah, sure. 
All I want to say about the trailer is that I think it's friggin' gorgeous. Um, it's exciting to see so much uh, care be uh, paid to you know to a magic uh, trailer. Yeah, you know, I think that and was what it was. Yeah, that was the the most impressive thing about it to me. It really was like it really was gorgeous, and um, and again, I have no like emotional ties to the storylines right now for the exact same reason as you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm just I knew the storylines from the novels alone. Um, you know, that was just how I followed along with things. Right. Um, so, uh, sorry, right. I'm a little distracted because I'm um, literally pre-ordering the novel right now. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you I know mean, what? Uh, I'm in. Like, you're going to you're gonna do a novel. I'm going to make sure you do another one. You that's, know? that's a good point. Yeah, I, I may do that after we uh, after we stop recording. So um, let's let's talk about some of these mechanics. So the the we have a returning mechanic, proliferate, which originally came from um, the scars of Mirrodin block, and the cool thing here, I mean, it's proliferate, which is a um, a mechanic that traditionally, or at least in the last block, it was all about kind of increasing the number of infect. Uh, or poison counters somebody had because that was one of the mechanics in that set um, or in that block. In this set, it's a Planeswalker set, so you can see how uh, how those two things work together. You're able to pro- proliferate the counters onto your Planeswalkers and make them stick around for longer or go ultimate sooner. Um, and so that's pretty freaking cool. I think that's a, a cool mechanic to have coming back for this set. I never really was a big fan of it in the previous uh, set, but we'll see how it works in this set. Um, Proliferate? You know, yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, it's weird. I don't know. I'm not, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see it yet. I don't know. Maybe well, I, I don't know I don't what think, that's about. I think maybe partly that's because it wasn't huge when it was in standard last, uh, you know, back in 2011 or whatever, uh, 2010. Um, I don't think it really made a huge impact in high-level constructed magic. Um, there were may- maybe a few cards, but I can't even think of... What was it? Contagion Engine, I think, is one that I, I, I can remember that Something like saw that. a little bit of play. So it wasn't much. And maybe it'll be the same thing here. I know it's, it's very popular in casual formats, but um, competitive formats hadn't really played it too much. Um, but... It might, that might change when you have all of these planeswalkers that can benefit from it. So um, many planeswalkers, right? Yeah, I, and and I haven't I haven't quite I don't know I just haven't made the connection yet. I think. Yeah, and I, I'm how, not saying I know it's going to be good. I'm just saying this has a lot of potential. Um, sure. Oh no, no, I'm not. I'm not even denying that. I mean, like that's you know a bunch of planeswalkers is a good point. Um, I mean, I'm one of the cards I'm most excited about. And the set is Dreadhorde Butcher, and that gets plus one, plus one counters. Yeah. You know, um, what else? Um, uh, uh, nope. we, I can never think have... of the name of the stupid card. The Elemental from, um, oh my God. <laughs> is this like a new card or? No, it's a card I play in, in every oh, single oh, oh, red runaway, deck. Runaway Steamkin? Runaway Steamkin. <laughs> I literally never – I'm like, the elemental, the elemental. That's always what I call it. I'm like, it's the elemental. Play the elemental. 
<laughs> like that card, you could proliferate plural. Yeah. You know what I mean? That <laughs> proliferate it. Yes, professional proliferators. Li- yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, it plays nice with the next ability we're going to talk about because yeah. I said so. A mass. Now let me ta- let me stop you because I want to talk about words. <laughs> <laughs> if I told you I was going to amass an army, what does that sound like? Can you like imagine in your head what that sounds like? More than one. Does it sound like I'm going to get some dude and make him real big? <laughs> No. no. <laughs> um, if I said, hey, uh, I'm going to go join the army, is that I'm just going to show up alone somewhere and be the only dude, only guy, only person, only human? <laughs> like, no. Army to me is a plural noun. And amass sounds like you're gathering a whole bunch of things. And so amass to amass an army sounds like you're gathering a whole bunch of creatures in game terms. But apparently that means different things on the West Coast, in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about let's just talk about Dreadhorde Invasion, because that's that's kind of a popular card with the new mechanic. I think that's going to be like the one that sees play like of what we've seen so far. Yeah. So Dreadhorde Invasion is a. Uh, two casting cost enchantment. It's a rare. It costs a black and one. Um, at the beginning of your upkeep, you lose one life and amass one. So amass means you put a plus one, plus one counter on an army you control. If you don't control one, create a zero, zero black zombie army creature token first. So uh, that's not the whole card. I'll, I'll finish reading it. Whenever a zombie token you control with power six or greater attacks, it gains lifelink until end of turn. Cool. Uh, people are calling this the the new Bitter Blossom. Um, Bitter Blossom amassed an army. Dreadhorde <laughs> Invasion does not amass an army in the English language, but it amasses an army in Magic the Gathering. Yes. I don't understand. Do they not... I don't. I just don't get it. I understand. Like, okay, cool, great mechanic. You're gonna make, you're gonna put a creature into play, and you're gonna make it bigger. Can you think of better words to use? <laughs> Come on. Right. Right. So that that's kind of like, I don't know. It makes no sense to me. It does flavorfully seem weird, right? Like it just seems like really strange. It's like so if like- I, I I were to create a mechanic that's called like paint it black. And it means when this creature deals combat damage, target permanent becomes red. Right. Like, why? Why did you just... There is. There are other words that mean things that you are trying to do. Like, I, I don't have any great examples for this, but this is the opposite of amassing an army. <laughs> so, You literally okay. can't have more than one. Like, you literally cannot have more than one. Right, like, exactly. You have an army, and then you cannot have more than one. Like, right. That's, that's because strange. it's one creature. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. What do you think of Dreadhorde Invasion? This is you, I like you, it. You I mean, I like some... the card, and uh, I mean, you know, all flavor weirdness aside, uh, it's going to be very persistent and very annoying. You know, um, because they're going to either have a token that's getting bigger and bigger and bigger until you deal with it, and then they get another one to get to start over. Um, 
I like the the second ability. I don't know how likely it is that you're actually going to get all the way to six power because, again, I don't feel like a mass is that good of an ability in terms of, like, constructed play. Yeah. I think there are some cards that will be okay. Like, I think the card right next to it on here on the spoiler, Widespread Brutality, uh, I think that one could be decent. I'll read it real quick. It's one black, red, red sorcery. It's a rare. Amass two, then the army you amassed deals damage equal to its power to each non-army creature. Um, so I feel like, you know, that's one way you could accelerate it. But I feel like in order to actually get to power six or greater with an army, you're going to need to be running multiple amass cards. I just don't feel like any of them are that good. Yeah. You know? Um, I mean, you know, board wipes good, a bitter blossoms good. So I feel like those two could find a, their home in a deck together. But what I'm babbling about is that the the second clause on here is neat because you're losing life from Dreadhorde invasion, and if you finally get to a certain point, you can actually gain that life back. Right, and it keeps the card rolling. Where bitter blossom eventually becomes a liability. Right, you know. Um, because there's really no way, or there's certainly no way printed on the card to gain that life back. So that little extra clause is interesting. And I think, I don't think it's going to be as, as relevant as I'd like it to be as the Dreadhorde invasion player. Uh, but if I've gotten to mass six times, that means I'm probably doing pretty good in the game. And, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I feel like, like, again, I feel like it's almost just extra text. Yeah, but it's nice to have, especially you draw this late. You're in a pinch, I but think, again, if you draw it late, you gotta wait till it gets to six power. But yeah, well, the thing is, the good thing is, it says whenever a zombie token you control. So there may be other options, you know, other zombie tokens uh, in the set that you can amass onto or just pump up other ways. So it's not like it's not like this has to have created the army. Uh, the right. zombie token, so it's it can be but from again, somewhere I else. Think most of the things that create zombie army tokens aren't that good, right? So if um, you're running multiple things that create army tokens, you're probably not running a good deck. <laughs> so I mean, just uh, looking at this card, like I'm just trying to picture it, right? So you have it in your opening hand, you play it on turn two, it does nothing. On turn three, you lose a life, and you have a one one, like it's just a one one. On turn three, like great, like that's terrible. On turn th- four, where Bitter Blossom, you'd have two one-one flyers. You have a two-two. <laughs> so I'm like, how many turns until this sounds like something you actually want? Like just one a random two-two for two life and a card. I don't feel like that's if it worth were it if it were cumulative, it'd be really good. What do you mean? Like, like at, the, at the beginning of your upkeep. Put a, uh, you know, put a in put a horde counter on Dread Horde Invasion, and then a mass X where X is the number of horde counters on Dread Horde Invasion. That would be interesting. Yeah, I mean, it would kill you quick. <laughs> like right. that would become the the liability, but it would be uh, it would get you to that six power token pretty quickly too. Um, yeah, I think that would have been a better card, even if it's a little more dangerous in terms of like I lose one life, I've lost swingy, you know three but... total. Now I've lost. Six total, you know, and in a couple turns, you're, you're, you know, what if you have have it out for four turns and you've lost uh, like ten life? 
Um, so it's a, uh, it's a little and scary, but you never have, yeah, but you never have more than one token. Right. And it has no evasion. Right. And that's the big thing. It's kind of like, well, with bitter blossom, you had evasion and you had multiple tokens. So even if they had a flying blocker, you're like, all right, well, I'll attack you with my four fairy tokens. Three will get in and one might die, but I mean, I've still gotten in for three rather you know, in this case, you you hopefully have a four four, and this is you know g- going to be on turn like six or something. You know, so uh, it's it's just doesn't feel like even even if it sticks around from you know a bunch of turns, it's just not. It doesn't really feel like that big of a deal. You know, like at some right. point somebody's going to like okay, fine. You know, blink of an eye on your on your guy, and now you have a you get to start over <laughs> like one one. <laughs> You keep losing life there, you know, and uh, I don't know. It kind of feels like a win condition for my deck when you play it. If I have a way to deal with your tokens, like, go ahead. So I'm not I'm not impressed, but I would love to be proven wrong. So sure, sure. Yeah, I feel like the more we talk about it, the less I like it. (laughs) I really don't think I like this card anymore. Okay, let's move on to another. Is the only two abilities in the whole set? I think so. It's just it's like amass and proliferate. Now proliferate will will boost your guys too, um, boost all your your tokens. Um, So that's something that, like you said, it kind of works well with the proliferate works with the other new mechanic being amass. Um, Let's see. Let's talk about another card. Got one. I got a lot of cards. I got a lot of cards. I'll talk about the one I mentioned already that I really 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 like. Okay. Um, Teferi, Time Raveler. <laughs> you it's didn't mention Teferi. One, a white, and a blue. It's a legendary Planeswalker, Teferi. Uh, it has a static ability, uh, Steal Joey's Thunder. has four loyalty. <laughs> um, it also has another static ability. Each opponent can cast spells only any time they could cast a sorcery. It gets plus one until your next turn you may cast sorcery spells as though they had flash and then minus three return up to one target artifact creature or enchantment to its owner's hand and draw a card. Um, I, this is not the card I wanted to talk about, but I found it first. You were <laughs> I was like, fine. You want me to talk about a card? I'll talk about a card you want to talk about. Hey, that's so, cool. um, I, this is actually, since this is the first planeswalker we've talked about, all the planeswalkers in this set have a static ability on them. I right? get it. Spark, static. Totally oh, makes sense now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that was totally intentional. Yeah, just don't uh don't have any of these planeswalkers in your pocket while you're pumping gas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, go ahead. Um I like this card a lot. I really do. I really do like this card a lot. Um, it fits into Esper control. It fits into into the the American control. I cannot remember the Jess name. Jess guy. control. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I like the fact that it turns off your control of player. You know, your control opponent's counter spells if they don't counter this. Um, you know, their instant speed card draw if they don't draw with this on the stack um i like the fact that it lets you pump tick up and then you can cast your um deafening clarion at instant speed when your opponent overcommits and tries to swing in to kill you before this thing can really do anything 
oh, it doesn't really do anything. But I, I, I like you know the fact that it messes with the timing of spells. I, I'm into that. Um, what's the other spell? There's another. Oh, lava coil. There's another spell. I always wish I could cast at instant speed. <laughs> so. Yeah. I there like the go. idea of uh, of casting discard spells at instant speed. So like draw step thought erasure you, you know? Yeah. Well, I already do that with expansion. <laughs> <laughs> My opponent goes thought erasure you. I'm like, no thought erasure you. <laughs> well, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, I like this card. I'm, I'm a little bit um, hesitant. I got, I'm not sure how good it is because it feels like okay so it's a three mana sorcery speed repulse which was bounce a creature draw a card um but this one leaves a planeswalker behind but the planeswalker only really shuts down like the uh you know control opponents for the most part like there are not a lot of people playing like you said it cuts it shuts down counter spells it shuts down their instant speed creature removal and burn, but I don't think it's that's that big of a deal to a lot of these decks. It's like, fine, I'll just play it on my turn. Um, and uh, I, I don't feel like that's a very powerful ability to have against opponents that aren't trying to play at instant speed. So, you know, great against a Wilderness Reclamation deck or Bant Flash or, uh, again, ca- uh, control decks playing a lot of counter spells. That's fantastic. So it's a great sideboard card. Um but I'm not sure about main decking it. I mean, maybe one copy, but uh, it it feels like it could be powerful. But again, it's, it it sort of feels like the plus one doesn't do anything. If you play this on turn three and plus one it, like okay, have fun with no mana to cast your sorcery. <laughs> like, right. It's it true. It does but, literally nothing. It, but it ticks up. I mean, it ticks up to get you towards being able to activate the minus twice, or sure. just kind of get it out of you know harm's way. You know. Yeah, I'm just trying to like picture. Uh, I think I don't know, I've been listening to, listening to a lot of podcasts. I feel like it was Chapin and Flores on top level magic work, but it might have been um, Jerry and Brian Gottlieb on the game podcast saying like, okay, so you play this on turn three and you bounce their two drop and you have your planeswalker around and then they play their three drop and you on your turn four, you plus it. And then on their turn, like, wrath and instant speed like what is it that like is that great like okay i mean you could it just doesn't feel like that's that powerful like what do you what's the the payoff like i mean i like the the bounce a uh bounce a permanent draw a card it's not a permanent artifact creature or enchantment that that matters you can't bounce a planeswalker you can't bounce a land um but i like being able to to bounce something and draw a card but you basically do that once and then Teferi kind of just sits there doing nothing unless your opponent has counter spells. Now, against counter spells, fantastic. You get this down, and it's like they until they deal with it, they're not going to counter your Teferi. They're not going to counter your Kaya or you know anything. They can't do do anything to your stuff. They can't Veraska's contempt your tef, your other Teferi while you're tapped out. Um, you know when when you do your like oh plus one Teferi and then. Right before I untap my lands, they respond with a Veraska's Contempt, and they they can't do that. So that's cool. But again, I don't against creature decks. I don't really feel like he's um, good enough because it's Not gonna really. it's gonna I be agree. it might eat a da- uh, like basically bounce something, draw a card, gain a couple of life because they just attack it and kill it. You know, <laughs> like if they have something around, um, it just doesn't feel 
the fact that you have to minus three it so it goes all the way down to one you have to take two more turns setting up the minus three again and all they have to do is go oh well i'll just attack it you know with my lanawar elf and <laughs> you're gonna have to wait another turn to get the minus three out of it like they mu- just don't even care mm-hmm. um i don't know it, it's it's strong in certain situations but not strong in a vacuum I feel like it might just be a one of, you know, and yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Sure. And we have uh, best of one uh, and best of three. So maybe it's a one of and best of one. And then maybe you have it in the sideboard and best of three kind of thing, you know, like. Yeah. Because um, I, mean, I can see I can see it being relevant where, um, you know, let's say they. Ixalan's binding or something, you're Teferi or your Niv-Mizzet and you can have two different Teferis on the board at the same time, right? right? That is a rule they changed, right? Yes. So so I feel like, you know, late game, you're able to drop this, get rid of their binding, and then you have mana up to actually counter the binding when they go to cast it again. Yeah. Um, you know, or get your Niv-Mizzet back. And I've always loved that when I've been able to, when someone, like, cause I think I had some uh, use Con- Conclave Tribunal on my Niv-Mizzet, and I was mm-hmm. able to bounce the tribunal right get my if miss it back and then i had a counter spell up for when they tried to recast it yeah you know um so it might be that kind of thing where you could do that i don't know um i think it's good again like you, like you said it's not game changing but uh, it is a card that i'm excited about um and apparently other people are because it's pre-ordering at 20 bucks but yeah uh, I, mean, I think it's the most i think it's the most expensive card in the set right now it might be i think um it might be because its name is Teferi, and currently, mm-hmm. you know, Teferi's been so good. It's almost like, well, obviously this card is going to be valuable. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Since I'm more likely to only play this on Arena, <laughs> that doesn't even matter. Um, I have to say, though, I feel like this is one of the best sets to buy a box or multiple boxes of. Yeah. Because all those uncommons, one or two of those Planeswalkers hits, it's going to be like a $5 uncommon, you know? Yeah. You're absolutely uh, right, yeah. And I think I heard somebody saying it's really good for, for stores um, because a lot of these Planeswalkers are already, even Uncommons, they're pre-selling for $1 to $2 because right. where, where Uncommons normally would, would be, you know, like a quarter or something. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it is pretty cool. Um, I think we should just talk about a handful of other cards because we're already pushing the end of the of the sh- the time we have allotted, and we also want to leave some amount of time for us to talk about like our top ten, like we did last time. Um, so we don't want to talk about too many cards. Um, top ten, you know, whatever we do, our top ten of our favorites of the set. Oh God, I don't have that already. Well, I, <laughs> I mean, for us to talk about it when the whole set is spoiled. Oh, you're talking about, oh, yes, okay. I was like, episode. I thought you now. I was like, <laughs> we don't have time for that. Off the top um, of your head. Okay, so uh, I guess your turn to talk about uh, Dread Horde Arcanist. I mean, whatever card you want to talk about. Let's, uh, you know, why not? I will. I wasn't going to talk about it, but let's talk about it. So Dread Horde Arcanist, <laughs> I saw this card and um, and my immediate reaction was, wow, Modern Burn. So let me, let's read it. Um, of course, I need to get it in front of me. Dread Horde Dreadhorde is one in a red. It's a 1-3 trample. It's a zombie wizard. It's a rare. Whenever Dreadhorde Arcanist attacks, you may cast target instant or sorcery card with converted mana cost less than or equal to Dreadhorde Arcanist's power from your graveyard without paying its mana cost. If that card would be put into your graveyard this turn, exile it instead. So yeah, I saw this and I thought, okay. Um, I didn't even see the word trample. 
it just wasn't there. <laughs> um, yeah. It's a one three. It's irrelevant unless you pump it. And I wasn't even thinking about that because I thought modern burn plays so many one casting cost burn spells. You've got lightning bolt, lava spike, bump in the night. Uh, and I feel like that was the first thing that I thought of. Um, I had a bit of a conversation on Twitter with, with Mike Flores about it, who of course he is a modern burn specialist. Um, and he has since convinced me that Dreadhorde Arcanist does not belong in modern burn, but is probably, uh, it has better applications than, than that. So the, just to kind of, in case you're also thinking about it in modern burn, the reason this doesn't really work is first of all, it provides no value uh, when it comes down, like it does nothing. Right. It doesn't have haste. It doesn't have an effect. It just sits there. It's just it's a blocker, <laughs> like which is not something you're you want to play in modern burn. Um, it costs two mana, which is twice as much as most of the cards in the deck. Um, the deck plays skewer the critics, which costs three mana, but you usually only pay one. Dreadhorde Arcanist cannot cast skewer the critics from the graveyard unless you're pumping it, and you're not doing that in modern burn, so. You can't cast Skewer the Critics from the graveyard with Arcanist. Light up the stage, same deal. Rift Bolt, same deal. Uh, Yeah, all these cards, their actual mana costs aren't one, even though you're usually playing them for one mana. Uh, So it loses value there. um, And the fact that you have to pay two for it, which the only cards you really want to pay two for in Modern Burn are Eidolon of the Great Revel, which doesn't have haste and doesn't provide immediate value. However, as soon as they cast a spell to try to remove it, usually there's the value. You, they they take two and they're down a card. So Eidolon of the Great Revel, a lot of times, provides more than two damage worth of al- uh, worth of dam- or two damage worth of value, even though it doesn't have haste. Uh, so that's the only kind of card you really want to pay two for. You have something like Searing Blaze that usually does six damage, right? You're like hitting a creature and the controller. So uh, similar thing with Searing Blood. So you're doing a lot more damage. You're getting a lot more damage output from your two mana spell. Dreadhorde Arcanist has to stick around and attack multiple times for you to get that value. And you need to have specific cards in your graveyard to uh, to actually take advantage of it. So I'm sold. Mike, you convinced me. Um, if you want to read more about this, though, Mike actually wrote an article about it today on cool stuff uh today's tuesday so um we will link that in the show notes um his his assertion is that it's kind of like an ophidian um in that it draws you a card but it's you get to choose the card it's in your graveyard um you can play it with things like opt um discard spells that that's another one that i think is great there's you have another instant speed discard uh Situation. I know we just talked about Teferi allowing you to cast discard spells at instant speed. Here you can be like, I'm going to thought seize you in my combat step or Inquisition of Kosa like you, whatever. I would rather just have a turn three win. Right. So, yeah, let's talk about Dreadhorde Arcanist's applications in standard. And I think this is something you're excited about. Okay. So, this is what I want to do. Okay. Turn one, shock, right? Mm-hmm. Turn two, play this card. Turn three, you play Collision Colossus on the Colossus side, right? Mm-hmm. And you attack. Then you play Collision Colossus for free out of your graveyard because 
it does it is five so at that point it you know because the converted mana cost they've changed that rule mm-hmm. or the converted mana cost collision clauses is actually four you don't right, have to pick a half combined yeah but it's five you know it's five at that point you're if you're a five uh yeah, three five power right uh, so then you attack with collision you attack you get the collision clauses the second time you deal nine damage and then you thud and you deal the other nine and you kill them on turn three that's what you do I like it. So what, what do you need there? You need Shock, Arcanist, and Collision Colossus, and, and Thud. Yeah, it's right. only four spells. You can get the three lands. I mean, that's a very doable opening hand. Let's talk about, because we're talking about very quick, aggressive starts uh, that involve Thud. <laughs> Let's talk about the one you and I were talking about yesterday. Um, what is it? Dreadhorde Butcher? Yes, that, I'm gonna read this card real quick, because this, okay. uh, this is actually the card I'm most excited about. Let, let's make this the, the last one. Okay. Because I'm so, excited uh, about it too, so, you know. Yes. So Dreadhorde Butcher is uh, a red and a black for a 1-1. One, one. It's a zombie warrior, uh, it's, and it's a rare. It has haste. Whenever Dreadhorde Butcher deals combat damage to a player or planeswalker, put a plus one, plus one counter on Dreadhorde Butcher. When Dreadhorde Butcher dies... Did I say Dreadhood? Dreadhorde. When Dreadhorde Butcher dies, it deals damage equal to its power to any target. Yeah, so, so here's another one. Uh, what, what was the combo that we were talking about? So it's, it's Butcher. And in this case, I mean, you, you can use any pump spell, but you get Collision Colossus. Uh, since why not put these all in the same deck uh, unless you want to yep. play a different... If you want to play Jund Combo... <laughs> essentially uh let's, I'm, I'm looking for my my texts with you because this was from yesterday so dreadhorde butcher collision colossus and thud yes so you attack with the the butcher you hit them for one it becomes a two one or yeah two two right um that's on turn two on turn three oh well, let me see yeah turn three you ca- attack with a two two you uh, cast Colossus on it, it becomes a 6-4. Uh, it deals the damage, it deals 6, becomes a 7-5, because it gets the plus 1, plus 1 counter. Uh, and then you th- cast Thud, dealing 7 to their face with Thud, and 7 to their face with Dreadhorde Butcher's a bit, uh, dies trigger. Uh, if this you don't really know, needs to be a deck, doesn't it? Like this, like really needs to be a I deck. I mean, it's just thud dot deck. It's thud combo. Like <laughs> thud combo. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we, if we've got multiple two drops uh, that go that along thud. with, <laughs> um, if you've got multiple decks that have uh, or multiple two drops in the deck that work well with thud, I think you just play four copies of butcher, four copies of colossus, four copies of thud, four copies of of. Uh, Arcanist. Arcanist, yeah. And so you've got all these different ways to kind of make use of this. And the other cool thing is... This is um, nasty. You know, Arcanist can recast Thud if for whatever reason you, you know, that you, you've already cast it once and they're not dead. Like, play Arcanist and if that lives, you're casting right. Thud again with something. I mean, I don't know. You play Judith. Uh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all right. All right. I'm in on Jund, I guess. All right. Jund it is. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm just going to make red black work. Nah. nah you just need that green get... mana for, for collision Colossus. Yeah. We got to get this going. I got to get this going. This is, this is, 
this is sick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is a creature-based combo strategy. It feels just super aggressive. Um, I feel like you can build something that just is going to work and is going to get enough damage in. And even if they are able to, to kind of use their moment of cravings and absorbs and, and uh, cry the carnariums and things against you, like if you're, if you've got you enough, can't use cry the carnarium against Arcanist. Well, that's true. Yeah. Um, but then it's, just, you're just left with a one, three, but again, if you have, you, you need to find more, uh, maybe you play like duress, you know, uh, just other one drop, um, spells i mean even uh crash through right like i'm gonna draw a card <laughs> whatever, right like yeah, just right. whatever um it just feels like there's something there it feels like it's got possibilities i'm i'm kind of excited to give it a shot um and it's one of those ones it's like okay make them have it you know mm-hmm. that's that's kind mm-hmm. of the make them have it dot deck really and, like, and, <laughs> and, and another card i like with dreadhood butcher uh, is I keep saying Dreadhood Butcher. It comes, it rolls off the tongue better. Dread Horde Butcher is Heartfire. Um, I'm going to read this one real quick. It's one yeah. in a red. It's an instant. It's a common. As an additional cost to cast this spell, sacrifice a creature or planeswalker. Deals four damage to any target. So there's another sacrifice outlet. Yeah. Um, if you don't have the thud um, for the Dread Horde Butcher. Um, or it's another spell you can play for free with the Arcanist if you find a way to pump it. You know, if you have Judith out. Um, yeah, what's the one drop? Uh, Footlight Fiend, right? You get that. Yep. Mm-hmm. You can play Fanatical Firebrand in there. Um, Firebrand, uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I think you need to play four shocks just for the, you know, the removal, the, but also like the For the, the potential Arcanist. turn three. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. 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 The, well, I'm saying Arcanist also stuff, for that yeah. potential dream draw that I mentioned. Yeah. At the beginning, uh, Mayhem Devil doesn't seem bad as uh, top of the curve ish. Uh, uh, which one so is one, that? One red, black. It's an uncommon devil. Three, three. Whenever a player sacrifices a permanent Mayhem Devil, deals one damage to any target. Yeah, that, that's pretty cool. Um, as yeah, like you said, top of the curve. Maybe that'll work. Um, you're gonna have Judith. Um, possibly even like Theater of Horrors to maybe get some card advantage. I don't know. I'm just trying to think about like more red, black cards that are exciting. Um, I don't know. There's something there. Um, I mean, I'm saying red, black, and we're already talking about including green. We're, you know, maybe there are some green spells. I believe Giant Growth is back. Giant Growth is back. Yeah, Giant Giant Growth. You can, you know, pump your Arcanist. Um, this might be again, a thing. You, maybe, maybe <laughs> you don't build around Arcanist, but maybe you just have some cards that Arcanist can take advantage of. So, um, right. pretty pretty cool set. Like, I think I really think um, control decks are kind of in trouble or they're just going to have to change quite a bit because having to deal with this many planeswalkers, like that's a, that's something, you know, control decks traditionally are like, I'm going to kill all your creatures and I'm going to counter anything that's terrifying me. That's uh you know, that's a non-creature. So I just counter your planeswalkers. Right. But it's in this case, some of these decks just might have so many planeswalkers you're yeah. bound to, to have some sitting around on the board and maybe they're not as powerful as traditional planeswalkers, but they're still incremental value. Um, and I really think that we're going to have to see the, the control deck sort of changing and adapting to this because um, you, they're going to have to play all the spells that allow them to deal with both planeswalkers and creatures because you're going to be attacked from multiple axes and uh, it's, you you know holding a moment of craving against you know random planeswalker is terrible and 
it's just it's just not going to work out well. I mean, you just become all counter spells. <laughs> like I, I don't know. It's just it's got it's going to have to change. It's going to have to adapt. But I guess we'll see more. There's um, a lot more cards left to be revealed. Uh, how many how many cards do we have total? One hundred and sixty-two. Um, oh, real quick, to, like they said they were going to be revealing these cards in scenes. That was kind of like their. They're thing like, oh, we're going to tell you the story by showing you the cards in that are like related to kind of tell the story of the set. Like all these cards that are going to be revealed today have to do with this particular plot point. But is it just me or are you just like, I'm not getting it. Like <laughs> there's no text along with it. It's just like, here's a bunch of cards. Guess what's happening? It does. I feel like they're not, it's not, this, this idea is not being executed very well. I think they need to kind of tell us the story point that's happening and say, here are the cards. I think that would work better. I don't know if you even, oops. I don't know if you even realized, uh, they were doing that, but you may have heard it. Yeah. Um, anything else you wanted to to discuss? Uh, I mean, I, I I have, okay, here's the thing. I have a lot more that I want to talk about, but we'll save it for next time. Are you going to, are you going to plan any pre-releases? Uh, I can't because I'm shooting a wedding that weekend. So the best I can do is play That's in right. the arena pre-release on hopefully Thursday um, cool. before the before the release. So um, I guess we'll we'll talk about that then. When's our next episode is before the pre-release? It'll be it that is. week. It's right before or right, right before. Yep, it's that week. Yeah, so it it'll is. be like the twenty yes. third or something like that. Twenty uh, fourth. Right. Yeah, um, I took I took Saturday off. I'm gonna play in two. Cool. Um, yeah, so I'm going to play in two like physical ones. I'll probably play someone on Arena too, but I'm definitely going to play in like two physical pre-releases. Because again, promo Planeswalker card guaranteed. It seems pretty legit. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. these are pretty. Uh, like I said, this I feel like this is a very high value set. And I'm like, okay, all right, you're going to drag me out. So it's cool. And if you want to pre-order a box, uh, check out our sponsor, Cool Stuff Inc. You can use the code YO5 to get 5% off. Shout out to Cool Stuff and thank you for sponsoring the show for these past couple of episodes. Um, you can find us there every other week along with at our new uh, web location, ymtgt.com or yomtgtaps.com. Both of those work. Um, yeah, check it and, out. and if you want to help us get a box, you can support our Patreon. That's right. <laughs> Go to patreon.com slash yo mtg taps. Yep, we got our stickers. We love it. We're doing it. Yeah, we got our stickers. <laughs> we got stickers now. Um, we got bumper stickers. We got deck box stickers. Let's be real. That's what they are. And um, and we got them, and they're only available for patrons. So get on there and see how you can get yourself a sticker and support the show. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And until next time, we are Yo MTG Taps. Make them have it. I think we failed the captcha. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, they, yeah, I am a robot.